0: of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Nah,
1: all treadmills are the same.
0: Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.
2: With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and member FDIC. Hi, this is Bob Gruen, rock and roll photographer from New York, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs with host Martin Popov, a production of Pantheon Podcasts.
1: Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff here back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are part of the vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. uh, Megaphone, Spotify, iTunes, 40 other podcast platforms. All right. This episode, uh, episode 115, we're going to be calling this Best First Songs Ever. I really enjoyed doing that Best Last Songs Ever episode. Uh, That was more about... Endings and poignancy and all that. This is, uh, this looks at, uh, at, uh, a couple of other dimensions of being in a band. Uh, pretty interesting going through this exercise and finding these. Um, you know, this is actually kind of exciting because it, I actually got to a point where I literally have five examples that you could say, are literally the best songs or the biggest songs ever by some of these bands. Um, and it is the first song on side one of their first album going way back kind of thing. But that's not all we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how these songs actually tick various boxes. Um, and yeah, to the point where I was going through these and coming up with ones and going, oh, that one's better. That one's even better. That one's even better to the point where uh, a phrase came into my mind uh, and, you know, arguably sensibly it applies to this obviously you know there's exceptions to everything but with these ones i really thought of this phrase when when uh you know when experiencing the first song that these bands ever put on an album and the phrase is this it's all downhill after this Uh, so think about that when uh when we go through these five examples um and I'm going to give you these in, uh, in uh, reverse order of awesomeness of actually fitting that uh, concept. Um, all right, so let's take a listen to our first selection here on episode 115, Best First Songs Ever. This is Uriah Heap with Gypsy.
2: Father was the leading man Said you're not welcome on our land
1: And then as a foe All right. So I wanted to pick Gypsy here because I've always been such a strong proponent of this song. And I actually have this kind of weird idea um, that uh, production-wise, probably the best two albums uh, Heap ever did in the 70s are The Debut and Look At Yourself uh, in terms of capturing this, this massive uh, hammond Oregon Mick box guitar chord alchemy high fidelity I mean I would say by a hair look at yourself is a better sounding album than the debut but I think your eye heap actually sounds better especially on the song gypsy uh, than the two big albums demons and wizards and magicians birthday sweet freedom was a big album as well and that's actually a good sounding album as well I, I would put sweet freedom third. But, um, so gypsy is the first song on the first album. Um, I had some sort of characteristics here to look at when I thought, uh, is this your, eye heaps best, uh, well, is this your, eye heaps best song, but is it a best first song ever? I mean, I think it is one of the top five examples of this that I could come up with that I wanted to talk about anyways. Um, lyrics uh it totally fits in with the whole heap thing you know a gypsy you know this is all demons and wizards magician's birthday so it totally fits in there it's not some silly song about cars it's not a love song uh well it kind of is as well but um but it's a lot of drama and it's kind of timeless it's got that medieval feel as well um adherence to heap style perfectly in there you get all the examples of the big power chords the big crunching groove you get the Hammond organ uh you get even progginess to open the song which brings us to intro i don't think the intro to this song uh is is like the strongest uh you know first few seconds of a of a uh, of a sort of a a build up to a career a a first song ever um yeah we're going to talk about this as we go on um but uh, yeah, just general overall awesomeness. I mean, I think this is a song that sensibly someone could argue as the greatest Uri Heap song of all time. Obviously, there are other, you know, it's a very long catalog. Concert favorite, total concert favorite. I mean, this was a big song in Heap history, so it's not it's not some obscure song that I'm just saying is, the, is one of the great Heap songs. It totally is one of the great Heap songs. Um, so there you go. I think this totally fits the concept of best first songs ever. Um, you know, is it all downhill after this? Obviously there's a lot of great heap things that happen, but do they ever really truly do, uh, you know, uh, certain things like way, 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 way better than they do on Gypsy? I don't think so. It's David Byron singing, singing, you know, a gorgeous performance. It's a long song. It's an epic. It has, like I say, the progginess to start off with. It is a pretty cool dramatic intro. I think it's a little long, um, but uh, but this intro thing we're going to get to in a minute um, because um, I, I kind of make it more uh, how is it a fit for uh, the explosiveness of starting a first album and then also what it does in the live environment as well. Um, okay, so our second example here that I thought fit best first songs ever in increasing intensity of it's all downhill after this. Take a listen to this. This is Max Webster with Hangover. Holiday. All right. So an amazing song, a heavy song off the first album, obviously the, you know, the the first album, first song side one, it's got that feedback to start things off. It's got a big drum beat. Um, just a really cool dramatic way to even start a song. It's one of the band's heaviest songs. It's, it's non-obvious in its riff. It's complicated. It's got cool parts to it. Um, Certainly uh, stands out there as a uh, as a Max Webster favorite. Ask any Max Webster fan. This should this should be in their top five. Obviously, there's later songs, bigger hits like Paradise Skies. Uh, you know, people like the party. But you know, after that, High Class and Borrowed Shoes. I mean, there's 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 a bunch you can think of that are great Max Webster songs. Toronto Tontos off of this album as well. But Hangover is an absolute uh, drop dead classic. It's it's got um, it's got the cool funny lyrics. It's uh, adherence. to max style heaviness the production on the first album is pretty cool uh the intro is just an absolutely great intro and it is absolutely a concert favorite as well so it ticks all our boxes that i came up with here um you know, I've got my vinyl copy out of the Diamonds, Diamonds, uh, Greatest Hits album, and it's actually the last track on uh, Diamonds, Diamonds. So it's it's almost like an encore track of the Greatest Hits album, which proves its greatness. Uh, so there you go. Max Webster Hangover. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right. Back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 115, Best First Songs Ever. Um... Take a listen to our third selection. This is the Ramones with Blitzkrieg Bop. Well we all know uh you know in in the world of pop culture, in the world of the wider culture that doesn't know anything about punk rock or barely knows who the Ramones are outside of uh two things, this song and uh and the Ramones t shirt, that this is the most famous Ramones song of all time. It is the first song on their first album. Uh you know, uh an album just called Ramones, which uh you know, which frankly is, is often considered the first punk rock album for a good reason. I mean, it is the, it is 1976. We're in that, we're in that, um, that first punk rock that starts after, um, proto punk, which would be, you know, the likes of maybe the Stooges, um, maybe the Dictators, uh, New York Dolls, MC5, all those other candidates, right? This, this is the first baby band of a new generation. Uh, you know, punk rock is sort of already going in uh, the UK, but you don't actually get a punk rock album until 1977. Um, but yes, the "Hey Ho, Let's Go." I mean, obviously, this is a big sports anthem song. It's the, it's you know, it it's one of the big sports anthem songs, along with you know, "We Will Rock You" and "Final Countdown" and all that stuff. Um, Metallica. There's a lot of Metallicans in in uh, in this sports thing these days. Um, but, anyways, uh, you know, great song, super. Uh, you know, it it is it is their most famous song of all time. Um, so I I pretty much had to put it in here, um, and. And and it really is, uh, you know. Sadly, this is a band that had all those records. I don't know how many do they have. I wrote Ramon's book. I should know. Um, something like, something like fifteen records in that range. Um, and uh, and this is really the, you know, and none of them went gold. Uh, this is really the only. Um, wait a sec did the first album go gold I'm, I'm not sure uh but anyways this is this is definitely the most famous song uh, by the ramones all right enough of that let's move on uh this is our fourth example in best first songs ever in terms of uh increasingness of it's all downhill after this take a listen to this this is montrose with rock the nation All right. So it really is all downhill after this. I mean, Rock the Nation is an amazing explosive 1973, greatly recorded, amazing anthem. Sammy Hager is singing it. It's, uh, uh, it's that intro to this song is incredible. So it, so in in terms of, uh, you know uh, of an explosive intro it starts off with a molten well recorded Ted Templeman guitar and then uh, Denny comes in with uh, with uh, that really cool beat and then and then we we glide into the heavy metalness of the song i mean there are other great songs across this absolutely classic album like make it last and rock candy and bad motor scooter um but rock the nation is is the band's biggest anthem, and then of course we get onto the second album, and it's got I've I've got the fire, which is a great song and an amazing, probably even a better song, uh, but not as big a song. And then it keeps going downhill after that. We get uh, we get uh, Warner Brothers presents and jump on it, Uh, you know Sammy's gone. Those albums don't do that great. Matriarchs kind of a kind of a cool anthem, and then much later we get an album called Mean. So it's it's truly. On an album basis, it's absolutely inarguable that it's downhill after the first song, uh, and and even on this album, you know, uh, I I think I think that the true headbangers would pick this over Bad Motor Scooter and Rock Candy. Um, but yeah, and and concert favorite, um, uh, overall fame in the catalog, eh, I'd say it's third, right third or maybe fourth in terms of overall fame production's amazing uh and it's it's a great anthem rock the nation what what more of an anthemic cool thing can you say of that you know here here Montrose is their world not world beaters but we're gonna rock the nation we're not the biggest band in the world but look at us we are uh, capable of rocking the entire nation right um all right let's move on uh our fifth selection here Uh, in episode 115 best first songs ever take a listen to this this is angel with tower All right. Always very annoying um, that this song is officially called Tower on the back cover of the first Angel album, 1975 on Casablanca. But on the uh, label, of course, it's called The Tower. So nobody knows what to call this thing. Um, Anyways... First Angel song ever is absolutely considered uh, the greatest Angel song of all time. Uh, you know, ask any sort of knowledgeable Angel fan, they're going to pick Tower. Um, so it is the first song on the album. It's a big proggy song. It's It's got a dropout to kind of a mellow, dramatic verse. Frank's singing gorgeously. And then it rocks out. Uh, in terms of production, incredible production on this album. Uh, they just really lucked into it, really, with uh, with Big Jim Sullivan and, uh, and What's-His-Name. Derek Lawrence, um, you know, even though it wasn't a great experience uh, recording with these guys, there was a lot of drinking and kind of laziness going on. Um, you know, I've, I've heard these complaints about Derek Lawrence and Big Jim Sullivan when it comes to um, Legs Diamond as well. Uh, but anyways, um, they do an amazing job. They do an amazing job on the Angel album and Hell of a Band sounds great as well. And, you know, I like some songs on Hell of a Band as much as The Tower um, or Tower, but um, but yeah what an incredible first song uh like i say i think hands down ask any angel fan it's the most beloved angel song um it actually uh is the first song on their double live album too live without a net so that just tells you how important it is so it's the opening track um you know in terms of an actual introduction uh as a song the entire song is a great introduction i don't think the introduction of tower itself is is one of the great introductions in terms of lyrics as as well um you know it's a it's a cool proggy story it's an epic kind of thing so you, you gotta love that about that it it totally fits in all this as well so it's a it's this great ambitious prog metal song and it is uh the most beloved uh angel song of all time like i say there are heavier cool you know as cool things on hell of a band but certainly after that when you get you know uh, to on earth as it is in heaven with that pretty atrocious eddie eddie kramer production job you know cast the first stone is considered a great song but really nothing from from um White Hot and Sinful, uh, can, can even rival anything on kind of the first two, two and a half albums, uh, in terms of greatness, but Tower takes it hands down. So that was our absolute pinnacle of, uh, it's all downhill after this, um, and I I really I don't feel that about the Ramones at all. I mean I I don't even think Blitzkrieg Bop is one of my favorite Ramones songs. There are many many good ones after that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean you could semi argue that about Gypsy and Hangover. I think I think um, Rock the Nation and Tower are are absolute you know stone cold examples of of that that you know very sensibly you could argue that these are their greatest songs. Um, honorable mentions. Um, I have a Good list here as well just to give you some extra value here i mean i i really i really like doing these honorable mentions part because i think it's pretty important i almost put in I almost put in Queen, Keep Yourself Alive. That is a super, super uh, impressive opener. But then I kept thinking there are many, many Queen classics along the way. And of course, there are many songs that are much more famous. So it actually got bumped out at the last minute. It was going to be one of our examples. Uh, You know, I thought Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath is an interesting choice because it's so, so historically important in terms of being uh, the first song. It's named after the band, the album, blah, blah, blah. It's got that cool intro with the rain it's got the the, the tritone the Diablos in Musica so super super important heavy metal song but obviously Black Sabbath had many many great songs after that um I don't I don't particularly think i mean i think it's one of the best first songs ever on an album put it that way um but it didn't tick as many boxes and it didn't it certainly didn't feel like it's all downhill after this because it's kind of a boring song and in, in in certain respects uh staying with sabbath um some other honorable mentions i thought ozzy Osbourne. i don't know um that's one of his most beloved songs but it's not the you know the, the greatest aussie song of all time it's certainly not all downhill after this um you know, I had a couple of punk ones here as well. The Damned with "Neat, Neat, Neat." That's one of their greatest, most beloved songs. Uh, it's got that really cool opening, you know, bass on its own riff, and then the song just explodes into view. Uh, so that's the first song on the damn damn Damned album. Uh, Sex Pistols, "Holidays in the Sun." Um, you know, I think most people would uh, would have revolted and uh, and not agreed with me. Revolted in that good good British nineteen seventy seven hot summer. Uh, uh, Spirit uh, on, on me uh, with uh, with picking holidays in the sun. Uh, I I always thought uh, it was one of my top two or three Sex Pistols songs of all time, but it's not one of the most famous ones or the biggest anthems. Of course, you go to "God Save the Queen" or "Anarchy in the U.K." for that. Probably pretty bit vacant after that. Uh, but it is the opening track, and it has that incredible, incredible you know marching sound opening, and and the way it just explodes into view. It's a really really impressive opener in terms of the opening sequence of the opening song on this fantastic amazing album um rainbow man on the silver mountain um there's a super super highly regarded um you know song on not a very great album but it's it's the greatest song on that album i think hands down um but you know do they have other songs that are more famous or bigger stargazer light in the black gates of babylon so yeah, sh- sure they do uh and you know it's it's I I don't like that this is is this quite far down my list of favorite Rainbow albums, but it is a it is a great uh, impressive opener. I always call it the band smoke on the water, um, one that absolutely could have fit this, um, but I wanted to leave it out as a protest because I'm not such a big fan of the song. I'm kind of contrary on this. Is Ted Nugent with Stranglehold, um. So number 1, it's not really kind of Ted Nugent's first album. I mean, he you know, the band essentially it's a it's almost virtually a name change of the band from Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes to Ted Nugent. Uh, but you could say this is the start of a new band, you know, quote unquote. Um so this is the first song on his uh you know, hit album the 1975 self-titled debut Ted Nugent. Stranglehold, he he bravely kicks off with a slow long song on that album which is kind of interesting. Um But most Ted Nugent fans, if you ask them, um, many, many, many Ted Nugent fans would pick Stranglehold as the greatest Ted Nugent song of all time. So it really could have fit here. And a couple of oddball ones just to finish up. Joe Perry Project, Let the Music Do the Talking, title track off of his first of three albums. Um, and uh, I think it's the greatest song on the album. Aerosmith thought it was so great that they even went and redid it. Um, but I think it's an incredible opener. It's just uh, it's just really grooves on this. I love Ralph Mormon's vocals on this. Um, so I thought. You know, yeah, actually, definitely uh, it's all downhill after this. You could definitely say that with that song. There are some amazing songs on that album. I've often rated that album a 10 out of 10. I just love it to death. Um, But the next one, I'd give it a 7 and the next one after that, I'd probably give it a 3 or a 4. But uh, you could easily say it's all downhill after this. And then one, you know, arguable I thought that was kind of cool is uh, Angel Witch, Angel Witch. Um, I think that's a really good song on that album. It's not the heaviest song on the album but it's a really cool way to open it it's a little bit of an anthem with you're an angel witch you're an angel witch and so first song in the album just like Black Sabbath it's the title track of the album and of the band um, so I think that's a really good explosive opener and you could argue that it's all downhill after this because it is so up-tempo and catchy and hooky on an amazing amazing album and they never have well actually their catalog is really good I mean when Kevin came back with those later albums I mean Angel Witch is an incredible band in fact that those later albums are better than uh, Screaming and Bleeding and and What's It whatever the other one is uh, from from those uh, were they on logo at that point but those are kind of scrappy not great albums Um, you know you could Argue that you know in terms of excitement about the band and mystique and all that and and just just awesomeness and and of the time and the magic of the time and the new wave of British heavy metal, it you know you could say it's all downhill after the song Angel Witch Angel Witch. Um, all right. Uh, I had a, another long list where I went through a whole bunch. I'm not even going to read any of those because I I don't feel that they uh, they fit properly. Uh, there are so many bands obviously where it's not even close that that you you would never say that they have the first best song because you know bands start it off often with pretty crappy albums uh to to begin their careers but there were a lot that were kind of on the cusp that uh you know well let me mention i, I just uh, just a couple here just for the heck of it uh rat wanted man dio stand up and shout twisted sister uh, what you don't know sure can can hurt you can't hurt you alice in chains we die young i i thought those were you know on the cusp maybe 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 of, of being kind of cool uh fitting this whole thing um Rush finding my way, I thought was a really good first song. Uh, you know, kind of kind of anthemic. Which brings us to this whole thing. Actually, I, I wanted to mention this. Um, a few comments that came in on the anthem episode, because um, uh, I thought there was some good debate on the Facebook page that came up after that. Anyways, David Fisher said, "Excellent episode as always. I rarely chime in on these things, but I feel like you missed an honorable mention with Halloween's Eagle." fly free that song single-handedly changed the power metal genre think of all the imitators and especially live it's a traditional german schlager sing-along ramped up to 11 absolutely david that's an excellent excellent choice huge anthem and it was super super important in power metal so uh my bad uh jacob Tannehill says Okay, great episode I listened today. Go back and listen to Tom Sawyer by Rush. I would consider that an anthem, especially seeing them live, opening their shows with it. It gets the crowd pumped for the show. I would kind of disagree, and I, I really wanted to almost do an episode on Rush and anthems. I, I, was, I was a little buoyed by this idea that, that um, there are a bunch of bands that don't really do anthems, and I thought Rush was one, and possibly Aerosmith is another one, um, not big on the anthems which is fine. You have great songs for other reasons, but I I thought it might be kind of intriguing to look at Rush and the idea of anthems. So that might be something that might come up. Um, But uh, then I mentioned back to Jacob on the Facebook page, I said, "Uh, may what do you think about finding my way? And he said, definitely agree about finding my way. You said that on the podcast that they didn't really have an anthem somewhat. Bottom line is every band has that one anthem. Sometimes you have to dig for them. True Jake. Well, Jacob, you know, I mean, the point is it's kind of interesting or more interesting, perhaps, to think of bands that aren't hardwired to think uh, about writing anthems, and why is that? Right? Why does Rush not want to write anthems? Um, because a, a big thing with anthems, I suppose, is this identification with the crowd, and Neil doesn't doesn't lean that way with his lyrics. You know, he's he's writing about the world out there and stuff. It's not he 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 wasn't so much other than maybe something like a subdivisions. He wasn't so much writing to identify with the crowd. Put it that way. I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, not sure why Aerosmith. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll explore that idea. Um, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know on the Facebook page. Let me know. I mean, what other bands... Uh, this this might really do, turn into an episode. What other bands are not hardwired to write anthems? Uh, Blaze Barshaw says, I might have thrown some Udo era except in the mix. Balls to the wall, Restless and Wild, Burning, Metal Heart. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Balls to the Wall, I would say, is an anthem. Restless and Wild, I would say no. Burning, I would definitely say no. Although it has that big kind of, you know, happy boogie-woogie thing to it. Metal Heart, no, not really an anthem. I wouldn't, wouldn't agree there either. Uh, Andrew Clark says, I would have gone Crazy Nights for the Kiss anthem, but this seems to be a very hated album. <laughs> it's my favorite Kiss record, but very unpopular, he says. Uh, yeah, Crazy Nights is, is definitely an anthem. Uh, Brian Paul says, Great episode, they all are. Thank you very much. But Dio wasn't mentioned. Stand up and shout We Rock, etc. Yeah, We Rock is definitely an anthem. I, I could have mentioned that one. Uh, Nathaniel Noah writes a few from my anthem playlist. Pat Benatar, Invincible. I can't even picture that song. Tesla, Hang Tough. I can't picture that song either. Loverboy, loving Every Minute of It. Eh, wouldn't call that an anthem. Kansas Power, I can't picture that song. Foreigner, I'm Gonna Win. Definitely uh, feels like anthemic. Uh, Lizzie Borden, Me Against the World. I can't picture that song either. Grant Arthur said, I just heard the episode. Uh, Loved it. Some anthems that come to mind. Twist Sister, I Wanna Rock and We're Not Gonna Take It. I think I might have mentioned that. Slater, Quite Right. Come on, Feel the Noise. Yep. I might've mentioned that. Maybe not. Joan Jett, I love rock and roll. I might've mentioned that. John Mellencamp, rock, R-O-C-K in the USA. I didn't mention that. And I totally agree. Total Anthem. Nazareth, love hurts. He put here, I totally don't agree with that. Um, April Wine, I like to rock. Not really agreeing with that one either. Um, Don Chal- Chaldian, uh wrote, uh, You did a good job with this anthem show, but I have to be a jerk and mention that anthems are awful pieces of music. That includes the ones you mentioned and all others I could mention. My opinion is a matter of taste. I only care about mine. These songs uh, all sound formulaic and goofy to me. I especially hate the ones that talk about rock and roll and metal. Am I the only one who doesn't need the bands I love I love to write anthems for the feigned us to be part of the fantasy brotherhood. The pretense insults me. I will end on a positive note and say Martin did take great care to analyze the components of anthems. Yeah, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of great points in that. Um, yeah, I, I always find that this lyrical, uh, train of thought, uh, a little cheesy. I don't think, uh, I don't think by rule, the music of an anthem, uh, is cheesy. I think possibly without even really having considered it, I would think the music actually is, uh, better than average on an anthem. Um, so, um, I think your point here, Don, uh, is, is taken more to heart, uh, certainly when it comes to lyrics. Um, I agree. And and this whole thing with being one of the crowd and stuff. I, I don't really need that in my life. I don't I don't need that, you know, flattery or whatever from the band towards the crowd or whatever. And yeah, I I do think it's a little a little cheesy at times. All right. Um, if you like this episode, want to support me, you know I have this Kofi dot com thing um that I do instead of I mean it was just suggested to me at one point and I thought I'd try it. It was easy enough to try, so I do that instead of Patreon. Uh and it's working out pretty good, and I always like to thank who has been uh stepping up after last week's episode to this week's episode and on that front uh this week it was joe becht at bel-air expediting andy black sugar transmission bruce campbell andrew clark tim derling jamie laszlo reed little augustin garcia de paredes brian paul brian sager gino Sigas monday and patricio smart over in france right patricio for yeah you're still in france right um and um yeah and that's it um Hope you like this episode. Uh, let me know what you think. I mean, obviously, there are some other examples. But uh, but if you're going to suggest an example at the Facebook page, rise to the challenge and, uh, and really think about that. It's all downhill after this. Can you think of uh, first songs on first album, side one, that literally it is all downhill after this? Uh, thanks again for listening. We shall see you next time
2: at R&R Archaeology. 92%